You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Welcome to From the Cheap Seats. I'm Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, and Professor Trent Nichols. No bricky today. He is on his way to Kansas City. He's picking me up. Barbecue. Firebird, son. Yeah, how, how well would that barbecue keep if he had to... Get it on the front side of this trip and then bring it back a week and a half from now. It'd still be okay? I don't care. Yeah. Oh, I'm, just, I'm asking. It. You're the resident expert. Should be fine. All right, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Just put it in that mini fridge in your hotel. All right, you on before we should have had the tape run. See, and that's the thing. We you I feel bad for our listening audience because we just had a fired up conversation. They missed it. All right. So the the statement that was made almost two years ago. To the day. Let's go back. Brandon say what you said then, Brandon. I said this is not um, – I said it's – for Clemson, that program under Dabo, I said it's a reload. It's not a what, – what was the term I used, Trent? You said they just reload. They just reload from here on out. It's not a, you know, a blow up and redo. You reload. There is and no downtime. You say they just slide in. They lose their guys, and they're just reloading every year, and they're the same, if not a better team, every single year. And since I said that, right? When what has the, happened the last two years? They've been, in the, they've been in the playoff every year. Every year. They've been in there four years. They've won the title twice against Alabama. Well, get prepared because Clemson is my odds-on favorite for each of the next two years to win the national championship, go undefeated through ACC play. Period. Okay. Trevor Lawrence. They'll be 45-0. and 0. Uh, They might. They might. And if they expand the playoff to eight, they might be 16-0. and 0. I told Brandon last night, he called me, said, what do you got? And I said, you know what? I'd like to see Clemson beat Alabama because I hate Alabama. But I think Alabama's going to do things on defense with speed and size that Lawrence has never seen, and it's going to be too much for him. I had that statement perfectly accurate, except I had the wrong team and the wrong quarterback. Right. (laughs) Now, just because Brandon got to be so right about Clemson and them reloading, I'm going to say I was that right when I told everybody to shut the hell up about Tua. He's not that good. Yeah. Tua not playing in the fourth quarter, not being challenged, basically playing garbage time through three quarters, even though that doesn't make any sense, got exposed last night and showed that he is a very, very talented kid. Tua throws the slant as well as anybody I've ever seen throw the slant. He also throws the ball really, really well to wide open receivers running down the field uncovered. Right. Other than that, he's all right. And he's a little undersized. So pump the brakes on the first pick in the draft. Franchise quarterback guy should have been the Heisman Trophy winner. 
for America that didn't turn off the Alabama-Oklahoma game after the first quarter and actually watch Kyler Murray playing a big game against that Alabama team, I hope you recognize the disparity between that kind of talent level. And, and last Ali, night, good. Trevor Lawrence, I said this, I actually caveated what I said when I was talking about what Alabama might do to Lawrence and said, if he pulls this off and wins a national championship, he may go on to have the greatest career as a college quarterback in history. Now, after watching what he was able to do to Alabama on the most important night of the year, I think this guy is in uncharted territory. I love how McShay, right out of the game, he was like, he would go number one overall right now. And he's got two more years with Clemson. And, you know, I'll go go on to say this. Notre Dame was easily the fourth or fifth or sixth best team. That's the only thing I would disagree with Dabo on. He kept bringing up, well, we beat Notre Dame, we beat Alabama. Oklahoma would have probably given Clemson a better run after seeing last night's game than Alabama. Alabama, if they had just – this is a situation where Nick Saban outsmarted himself. If they had just continuously run the ball, they were gashing them for like 10 and 15. And because Tua is like in the national media is like the man, they just felt like they had to showcase him, and he just – he couldn't step up. I'm glad you said that because I was going to ask you, why do you think they felt compelled to run the ball successfully three or four times in a row? And we're not talking about three yards in a cloud of dust. We're talking about seven, 10, 12 yards per carry. Right. And then, ah, no, 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 now we're going to get cute. And then you saw it down in the red zone where it was like, it, it was their Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson into the Super Bowl moment where they're down there and they just have to get cute. Right. What are you doing? Coaches can't help themselves. You've got the best stable of running backs in the country and just would not run the ball and be boring. I I will never, as long as I understand what was going on, get why Alabama outsmarted themselves. You made the perfect point with regard to that. Oklahoma, I think, would have been a better matchup for this game because Oklahoma would not have been stuck on two touchdowns for the entire ballgame. No. They would not have gotten into the red zone down to the one-yard line twice and not been able to punch it in for a touchdown. That was your difference in the ball game. Um, and I want to say, Scott Van Pelt, pump your brakes. Don't say Clemson is the, the man to knock off now. Alabama ain't going nowhere, right? Look at their recruiting class this year. I think they were number one again. They were number one in the country. Ohio State had the second class, and Texas was third. Just pump her brakes a little bit. I do feel like, you know, when I said this is going to make Chris mad two years ago, that they're just going to reload. Clemson is that kind of program. That that's what they're doing. They're reloading, and now they got this quarterback that everybody wants. And by the way, Cam Newton, if Panthers management or whatever the case may be, his contract's up in two years. You might want to tank and get that number one draft pick. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there because Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence looks so freaking good and in control. And I also say that that re- receiver Ross, every time he made a grab like Dude. DeAndre uh, Hopkins, uh, Hopkins, like the one hand grab, 
and he's from Alabama, that had to be just like ripping their heart out of their chest. to the chest, without a doubt. The thing that got me all season, and, and, and we talk about how some people watch a lot of college football and some people don't, whatever. The best running back I saw in college football this year was Josh Jacobs at Alabama. Yeah, no And doubt. he was on full display against Oklahoma. And for some reason, the Alabama coaching staff decided to keep Harris and Harris, Damian and Najee, in there running the ball, and they would trot Josh Jacobs out for trick plays with the Wildcat. Neither of the Harris guys is near as explosive as Jacobs. I, I really just question the game plan. And there's a lot of talk nationally about – well, you know, this is because of the lack of continuity with the Alabama coaching staff. They keep losing assistance, blah, 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 blah. Well, let me let me make two points about that Alabama staff. First of all, if I worked for Dabo Sweeney, I probably would be less inclined to chase the money than if I worked for a taskmaster like Nick Saban. Does that make sense? Yeah. What about anything that you've ever seen or heard from Nick Saban makes you think, oh, that'd be fun. Right. Secondly, when you look at that, I thought last year or last night was capped off perfectly when the Clemson players got up and were like, all of you recruits out there, come on in. Wasn't that awesome? Well, it was, but I don't even think they needed to do that because all I continued to think throughout the night as I watched the two completely opposite versions of one another is Dabo Swinney running up and down the sideline, clapping guys on the back, hugging them on the neck. And every time something bad happened, and in particular there were two instances. Two times. The first interception, when you could see Saban mouth, damn it, Tua. It was GD Tua twice. And then when number four, when the cornerback went down and looked to me like he blew his Achilles out, and you could see him come on number four several different times on camera. If I saw it, and I had like given up on the game by the time the uh, the DB went down, every 19- and 18-year-old prospect in the country is seeing it. Why in the hell would I want to go to Tuscaloosa, which is kind of a pit, by the way, when I have the opportunity to go to Greenville, North uh, South Carolina, which is one of the most beautiful up-and-coming cities in the country. Oh, yeah. And play for Dabo Swinney, who doesn't have a negative word to say about anybody or anything, unless you say Clemsoning, and then he'll get in you. Well, he's ended that. He has. He's put it to bed. So two years ago, when you made the statement, Clemson just reloads, what you guys have forgotten is I said, Dabo Swinney's the next head coach at Alabama. And at the time two years ago, I'll stand by both things that I didn't necessarily buy that Clemson was just reloading. Two years down the road, they're at that point. That's what they do is reload. Additionally, there at this point has become zero value for Swinney going anywhere. No. You got eight NFL jobs out there. How many times have you seen Dabo Swinney's job rumored with any of them? Well, and then you got Bear Bright. Bryant, sorry, Bear Bryant at six. You got Saban at six. <coughs> Why would you ever, as Dabo Sweeney, want to want to go to Alabama? Why wouldn't you want to stay in Clemson, where you can probably you may win two more in the next two years, and never had a you will never pay for a meal ever. Well, the, the, Your players love them, like they won, they beat, they curb stomped 
Alabama with arguably without their best defensive player in the lineup. And I don't understand. I'll go back. Alabama, the weaknesses for Clemson with their DBs, right? They have a great pass rush. You get that early, you know, right after the interception, Tua like threw that long ball, and it was like, oh, okay, this is how we're going to win that game. And they went away from the run. And I'm sitting there watching it going, please stay away from the run. They're like gashing him for like 10 or 15 yards. He played – Nick Saban played right into Dabo, Dabo's plans. And that sneak on the kick was one of the worst plays Dude. I have ever seen in my entire life. And just like the rest of – what the coverage was last night, and I, and I want to say something real quick, not just to be salty about it. Kirk Herbstreet seemed to be physically ill over what was happening down there. I know, right? I'm feeling you. It was unbelievable. But how is it that nobody associated with that telecast realized that on that fake kick, the holder was on the ground, the ground with the knee when down? He took you pointed the snap. it out. Yep. I went back and rewound it because I was like. Unless he did something uncharacteristic, he's down. And sure enough, on the replay, his knee is on the ground yeah. for a full beat before he gets up and runs with that ball. That play would not have counted even if they'd converted. You called that right and away. nobody said anything about it on the telecast. It was unbelievably bad strategy, but no worse than the shovel pass at the goal line before that. That was horrible. Saban got out-coached, out-game-planned, out-strategized, and and do you remember the words going in at halftime where he was like, ah, they're just doing some stuff. There's some copycat stuff they saw that worked against us. I saw well, that. Well, no shit, Nick. What you did mean, you expect him to do? Go to the tape and be like, well, that didn't work, but maybe we can get it. Come on, man. Hey, man, it's not fair. They game-planned against us. Yeah, they, they looked at tape of other people and found what they were doing. That's not cool. We'll come back out, and we won't score another point and see how they like it. <laughs> so, but the one thing you're wrong about is Clemson is not reloading. They're all sophomores. They don't have to. Oh, my God, man. They're offensive players. Their whole team is a sophomore. Offense, they're loaded. Now, they're going to take some hits on the on the defensive front, but – Clemson, get used to it because it's the best team in college football and will be for quite a while. We'll see you on the other side. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, two American Patriots trying to make sports talk radio great again. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts, every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit jimmyv.org. We lost all that, right? Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back. We uh, put, uh, put a bow on the national championship game. Um, we're going to get into our playoff picks for the NFL as we move forward here a little bit. But before what? we do, I want to ask you guys a question. Todd McShay said after the game immediately, Trevor Lawrence would be the number one pick in the draft. I had made in my head that leap. What I kept thinking was 
if Tua and Lawrence were both available next year when Tua is a junior, how much more of a attractive prospect Lawrence would be than Tua? You know, the the love for Tua is it because he's got a cool name? I don't get what it is. Yes, he came in and one of the great performances of all time managed to make that one enormous magical pass at the end of the at the end of overtime to beat to beat Georgia. What everybody has erased from their memory is that on the play before that he took about a 15 yard sack. Right. And that is about- who Tua is. Tua is a guy that is irresponsible when it comes to managing himself in the pocket. He will take chances with the football. He has good arm talent. Don't get it twisted. And I wasn't even trying to disparage him when I said he throws the slant as well as it can be thrown. Oklahoma never could figure out how to stop it. Right. He throws the ball down the field very well. But the guy that I would liken him most to in the NFL is Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. I was thinking the same thing. However, comma, when you look at those two athletically, come on, bro. There is I, – I will make this statement. Outside of football, I promise you, there is no athletic endeavor that exists that Tua could beat Russell Wilson at one-on-one. Nah. Race, basketball, baseball, it, it doesn't matter. Russell Wilson is that kind of athlete. Well, And that's how in the moment we are as sports fans. We are, and In man. the media. So when he came, led him against Georgia, and you got two – SEC powers last year, and they lead him back. We're like just proclaiming him like the best that's ever done it. Well, and it was the afterglow of what was a mammoth, great football game. Right. You know, and and most of us didn't even want to like the game because we were so pissed off that it was two SEC teams. So we're like, oh, crap, Alabama's going to go out and skull drag them, whatever, but who cares? But the game was amazing. It was and don't even get me started about how they just thrust Jalen Hurts into the game oh, last dude. night. That was so wrong it was. of them to do. It was. And if I was Jalen Hurts, I, I texted it last night. If I was his parents, I would like go make a beeline drive right there to beat Nick Saban's ass. Because that was know. so wrong for him to do. But let me – I'll just say this. Once I started watching Tua and he's like rushed, he could have lost at least two more fumbles – he got lucky. There could have been more turnovers, and that's like the closest thing he's seen, seen to a, like an NFL defense. And then you look at the tail of the tape, you see his size, and then you look at Trevor Lawrence. He's six six, dude. There's no comparison. No, none at all. And you and, look the the crazy thing to me was their composure in the pocket, and it was almost like I felt like Trevor Lawrence was playing chicken with the defensive lineman. Right. And you could see him looking down the field, and you could tell he feels the pressure, and he's like, come on, come on, a little bit closer, a yeah, little bit on. closer, a little bit closer. All right, there it goes. Oh, gotcha. And he'll take the hit. Now, the thing I worry about with Lawrence moving forward is him getting injured because yeah. he is a little reckless, and he's he's indestructible. And Dabo had him running way too much at the end of the fourth quarter. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. It, you know, you mess around and get the golden cow hurt. I don't know what, what you do. But Lawrence – the question I want to ask is is now that we can wrap our heads around it and say, all right, Tua is not the king of the world. Tua will probably play in the NFL. And if Tua continues to mature and progress, he can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Right. 
he is not a number one pick in the draft type talent. Not no. in terms of measurables, not in terms of what he does on the field. It's easy when you're surrounded by the best talent in the world to do that. We look and, back at a guy like, let's say, Ken Dorsey. Remember when Ken Dorsey was yeah, in Miami? You said the like same thing about Baker Mayfield, though. What's that? You said the same thing about Baker Mayfield. Um, you okay. said he shouldn't be a number one pick. I could be wrong every once in a while. And let's see what happens next year when he gets to play a real schedule. I think that well, – well, I'm saying – I'm telling you – Tua will end up being the first pick. No. No, he won't. If he no. has a good year, yes, he will. No, sir. I'll jump in here real quick. You brought up Russell Wilson. He played for NCC State, NC State, went on to play with Wisconsin. Tua is playing with the best players on the planet, and he got made look like he's like playing high school football last night. That's how I feel about it. The, the Baker Mayfield, we won't let this devolve into that debate. Baker Mayfield, we're going to have a long discussion at some point between the between now and the next NFL season. I'm not 100% certain I'm down with Baker Mayfield as the savior. It is a great story for Cleveland. 27 touchdowns. He sets a new record. That's awesome. That really, really is. We'll see how it shakes out. But the question I want to talk about with regard to Trevor Lawrence. We had this conversation a couple years ago as a nation, but it never really got wheels. Right. Leonard Fournette, when he was at LSU after his sophomore year, was obviously far and away the best running back in the country. Could have played in the NFL as a sophomore in college. There's no doubt in anybody's mind. And then he got on Trent's fantasy football team. And that's exactly what happened. He sat out the whole damn year. But the murmurs started, and they're like, why didn't this dude just sit out? I mean, there's nothing for him to gain coming back as a junior. Four years too late. (laughs) Setting out. The, the, The sitting out piece as it applies to Trevor Lawrence, I don't suspect this is ever going to creep into this kid's consciousness, but we need to have a conversation nationally. How can this be fair? That this kid is subject to the collective bargaining agreement that is worked out between the NFL Players Association and the NFL. The college athletes do not have access to the NFLPA. They have no representation. It is unbelievably unconstitutional and unfair that these college ball players who are private citizens should have to go by the guidelines that are laid out by an association they have no access to. But won't you say that the players seem to want to play for a long time in Clemson? Like, did you not hear that whole marketing pitch? Oh, yeah, the, but that's the fine, culture but- is kind of like – the culture is like the 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 brotherhood in Duke basketball. The culture for Clemson, you know, there's one of the defensive players is like, don't give up. How much is he losing though? How much is he losing? I'm gonna, in money? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, gonna, gonna, I'm gonna use I'm one gonna. of my. I'm gonna use one of my favorite terms in the world, and it usually applies to how I look at men in relationships. All right, I can't your wait to hear this. Your loyalty is only as strong as your options. Okay. It's easy to say, come here and be a part of this for three years when they can't go get paid. Mike Williams, when he was at Clemson, how quick you think Mike Williams would have left Clemson and gone on to be a receiver in the NFL? And looking back, since Mike Williams as a, was a sophomore or junior, broke his neck in college and it hurt his draft stock, prime example. Yeah, so that's what, what happens. If he blows out his knee or has a serious injury next year or the year after, how much money did he lose by not going to the NFL now? How many years did uh, Claret play at Ohio State? Claret played one, and then he was made ineligible because he tried to sue the NFL. 
Yeah, exactly. But he sat out, right? He sat out until he, he was eligible to be drafted. He made drafted. himself ineligible because oh. he signed with an agent, sued the NFL, lost in the NFL, so he had to sit out another year. But here's the here's the other piece of this that that we're not touching on is that as it applies to quarterbacks, right? I would venture to say that a quarterback is safer in the NFL than they are in college football. One because of the type of game plans that these college programs are employing but two think about all of these rules that we have in place you can only basically hit a quarterback in the bread basket at this point right but and that'll the, be illegal soon at the end of the game how many times when he took off running were you cringing thinking about Clarette blowing out his knee at the end of the game or something happening I, if that poor kid got hurt at the end of a blowout national title game you. I mean, it was but ridiculous. I've never seen a player that's that far advanced as a true freshman. So we're talking about the first thing that we've ever seen like this. This dude, Trevor Lawrence, that yeah. dude at six well, six right true. now would be the number one draft pick in the league right now. So I mean, I see what Chris is saying. I'm not only I mean, going to say he, would he be the number one pick. I'm going to tell you that there are four or five teams in the NFL. He'd be the day one starter, right? And that's. The, I, and I'm not saying that I have any reason to think this kid wants to go to the NFL or not even necessarily would. You know, maybe he's, you know, I don't know what his family situation is. I don't know what the money is, whatever. I do know that there are probably 500 college players that if they had the opportunity would go play, you know, even if it was going to be on special teams, they'd be like, I'm in. Well, that means I don't so, have to go to class anymore? Yeah, I'm good. Let me go do that. That's right. He was so good in the national championship game that the you know Kirk Herbstreit and Fowler had to be picky, like he threw a yeah. ball away. Yes, in which Tua got same exact play, got blitzed, got blown up, about died. He threw a ball away, and Kirk Herbstreit's like, "Well, if he just dropped that in there, that would have been a touchdown." Oh my God. And that's how good this guy is Dude, already. What Herbstreit? I I almost forgot for a minute that he's an Ohio State guy. Right. His the whole Saban, Alabama, blah, 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 blah. Almost like Clemson hadn't showed up. And the apologies every time something went badly for Alabama. And then it was, oh, 13 assistants have left and less. Shut up, dude. I love that. Clemson like, just came in and beat the brakes. It was clear that they were trying to make a game of it. Ten minutes left, they were like, well, they need to carve into this lead. <laughs> this thing could be over. We'll see you on the other side. Thanks for hanging out with us. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Are you ready to sell your home and don't know which realtor to choose? Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with REMAX Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate. 
today. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. You know what really gets a party started? Indoor baseball. Yeah, just find a broom or a pool cue, and you can use, like, anything as a ball. Cans, bottles, shoes. Hey, bro, toss me that avocado. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Underage drinking and driving, the ultimate party foul. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. And now... From Sanford, North Carolina, Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins. Got money, got fame, fast cars and everything. Yeah. All right, welcome back from the cheap seats. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, all hanging out with you. So. I think we're done with this whole national championship. Except thing. for one thing. Yes. Hold on to your thought. I'm holding on. I'm holding. That was Sammy Hagar, right? That's chicken foot. But Sammy Hagar, that's his. How much better would he have been at the halftime show last year? I mean, last night. Dude, how about him singing the national anthem, too? Who was that they trotted out to sing the anthem? Oh, that man, was he was horrible. <laughs> Grammar, somebody. Oh, my God. It but was I'm like, Andy Grammar. Imagine Horrible. Dragons there, and I'm like, Little Wayne, thank God. And he came out, and he's even worse than them. Little Wayne was horrible, and he is horrible. So I, I don't even know what to say. I turned it off during the halftime and went and played a little bit of uh, NCAA football, actually. I watched that's hockey. My, that's my new thing is uh, NCAA 2014. Because it's the last one that will ever be because Ed O'Bannon sued the – EA Sports and Damn you, Ed O'Bannon. Hey, know, right? let's go. Let's go to our predictions, Chris. I think Uh-oh. your first prediction you ever got right was the Cowboys win in the East. Boom. Robert Bricky missed on Notre Dame losing to Syracuse. Uh, so the next prediction on the board is tonight. Trent Nichols said that NC State will beat UNC twice this year. So oh, well, okay. I had forgotten tonight about is the that night. fearless prediction. Tonight is tonight. The All night. Right. I will actually am excited. I'm actually excited to watch a Carolina basketball game. Let me. Let for me. The first time. Let me Can say I? something about NC State before Brandon opines about the Tar Heels because Tar Heels doing their thing. I went to the NC State Auburn game mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. I've been to an NC State game at least once a year since I moved to North Carolina. I like PNC, dare I say, better than Dean Dome. Sorry, I said it. Um, Cameron's next level, but I really enjoy going to watch a ball game at PNC. In all of the years I have been there, I have never experienced the unadulterated optimism that surrounds the NC State program right now. Nothing like it. Even even when they've had good teams. When they had good teams under Godfrey, it was always sort of tempered with, yeah, well, 
you know, we'll, 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 we'll mess this up. Well, I think they're in Chapel Hill tonight. Oh, I, I, I got you. I just want to speak to what Kevin Keats has done with that program. Mm-hmm. They're not there yet. They don't have a killer that can come in and, and get them a bucket when they need it every time. They do have a nice balanced offense where they can get points from a lot of different sources on any given night. I don't think that they're a Final Four type team, but when you look at what they've got in place now and the transformation, that's a team that plays and busts their behinds on both ends of the floor 40 minutes a night period versus what they had with Gottfried, which was a bunch of prima donnas trying to figure out how they could go early entry and how much money they could get out of the boosters. Right. Um, that shoe is waiting to drop, by the way, and I hope it doesn't smash what is really a great job done by Kevin Keats. Kevin Keats just signed a long-term extension with them. I get the feeling, this is just the sense I get, Keats is there to stay. And if he is, oh, yeah. I think NC State is a viable program moving in through the next couple years. And as I'm sure that Brandon would attest, we say this about teams every once in a while, the ACC is exponentially better as a conference when NC State is good. Yeah, I've been saying that for years. Well, one thing Brandon's got on the line tonight is he predicted that Zion Williams will dunk tonight. Well, a fact <laughs> that's in his favor is Zion Williams has 30 dunks. Zion Williamson. I, he you has are 30 dunks worst. tonight, and Wake as a whole team has 29. Zion has 30 dunks on the year. And Wake as a whole team has 29. I'm going to predict that before the end of the night, Zion Williamson dunks on Danny Manning tonight. This is the first um, road yeah, game for Duke. Danny this Manning. Season. Huh? Danny, Danny Manning, by the way, is out after gone. this year. I mean, he's gone after this it year. It sucks, too. I really would have liked seeing Danny Manning get it done. He's going to go back to Kansas. And be the head coach oh, while they're on uh, probation. He's going <laughs> to play for less miles. No, at tight no, end. he's well, going to be the head coach of Kansas while they're on probation. I'll tell you what, though, it won't the, matter. The crazy part is that Bill Self, <laughs> Bill Self, I do think is going to find his way out of there at some point. And Manning might have been a viable option had he not come and it gone so badly at Wake. Um, I don't know how it could have been any worse. And I really, really hoped that things were going to go well with Danny Manning at Wake Forest. But uh, no, not right. a bit. I'm going to surprise you guys. I yes, think sir. State wins. What? Wait, what? whoa, 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 whoa. What just whoa. happened? Whoa. I think State wins tonight whoa. easily. Whoa. Whoa. What? Whoa. Dude, I'm, I'm – oh, my God. So a couple of things that's happened. First of all, Carolina has He's, not – You're playing the whole – you're setting it up, so <laughs> – what do you mean I'm setting up? You're, you're just saying that now State's going to lose. Thanks a lot. No, just Brandon, don't, don't do that because Brandon's right. like always right. Okay. Well, here's the deal. Luke May came out earlier this week and said the dumbest thing he could possibly say, which is our real rivalry is with Duke. Yeah. Should have said that. And <laughs> nope. He's, you know, he plays for a coach that says, you know, Roy Williams remembers that rivalry with NC State. He is on record as saying, I'd rather beat State than eat food. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and he's got one of his, you know, his senior leaders saying, well, you know, it's a good game, but, you know, our rivalry was with Duke. Uh. That sealed that deal. Plus, Carolina has not beaten anyone this year of significance. They got beat by Texas, run out of the gym by Michigan, got beat by Kentucky. Now, they beat Gonzaga, did they not? They beat, uh, they beat Gonzaga. Okay. okay. But, you know, the thing about it, about it is Cameron Johnson has to shoot really, really well. Cameron Johnson is going to be the key for Carolina this year. It's been a hard time trying to figure out who gets the shots. But Keats is probably one of the, you know, you know whose coaching tree is from, right? Yeah. He's a good coach. He knows how to win at every level. And I, I just, you know, Keats split with Carolina last year. He won in the Dean Dome, and then Carolina beat them with a much better team last year. Well, and, and, and like, to be fair, that state team last year was sort of his influx year. Right. Um, it's starting to shape up like his team. And I'm going to tell you, I don't know what it is about this guy from a magnetism standpoint. This guy, take a look at all the transfers he's got coming in next year. Yeah. Man, guys, for some reason, I don't know if it's Adidas money or what, they want to come. He's still in tune. He's kind of got a Dabo factor Oh, somehow. for sure. He's he, a cool dude. He listens to Biggie. You know what I mean? Like, who we're going to have to rank our rappers. We we're, do have to do that. So I'll let Chris set that up later. But he still listens to Biggie, and he's his only loss is at Wisconsin, in which one of the Wisconsin players got <laughs> Five charge calls on NC State in critical time at the end of the in at the end yeah. of the game. NC State's going to probably take two off of Carolina this year. Wow! So I'm. Just I would have been right a year I gotta, ago. I gotta go. I, I don't believe I just heard that He's come out of your mouth. Back. He's trying to steal my that mojo. Is unbelievable that That's that just fair. happened. I'm just saying it's not fair. And, and I look. I respect everything you say when it comes to sports, except that on occasion you can be a UNC apologist. I don't believe I just heard that come out of your mouth. Wow. I got to call. I got to make a call during the break, man. Put some money on states because if you think food. they can't handle. Wow. Anyway. Okay. Wow. He doesn't so get we'll the see how it checks out tonight. I, I cannot wait for I this ball game. I called it a year ago. Well, I can't <laughs> wait for this ball game. There's, there's a couple of good matchups tonight. It's going to be a fun night of basketball. Um, well, and NC State's number 15. And Carolina's what, 12? 12th? Yeah. It's going to be a good game. ACC is like big time. You got Duke at number one. You got Virginia at number four. Yeah. ACC is going to be a battle this year. It is. And, and that's why know, I didn't think that UNC, unfortunately, I think the best they can hope for is third in the ACC. I just don't. I don't. I mean, Virginia and Duke. Well, I'm going to tell you what, if they drop two to NC they State, they may not even be that. For, for, yeah. uh, the ACC. Very interesting take from one Brandon Atkins. That's Good job, wild. Brandon. I'm proud of you. All right, so speaking of prognostications, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb, and, and we were talking about how we love to jump on, and this is the best. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to say it's the best ever, but this group of playoff teams in the NFL, this was as good a group as I can remember being out there. Oh, yeah. And I think there's a message here. I was thinking about could the NBA be this compelling? And it can't. You know, the NBA, the NFL, they expanded to six teams in each conference coming out. There's talk about them going to seven or to eight. They need to stop. Six is perfect. But the thing that happened this year in the NFL 
is that you got a couple teams that got just hot enough in the second half to win their way into the playoffs. And that's normally not what happens in the NFL. Normally, you have a couple teams that run out there, put up you know a whole bunch of wins in the first half, and then kind of come back to the pack and they make it on the last week of the season. Right. But Indy, Houston, um, these teams, Philly, they these guys got hot at the right time and were just able to creep in, and it all just sort of aligned. We didn't have anybody. Pittsburgh would have been a prime example had they backed into the playoffs, but they ended up losing out. Um, the way it lined up, this first week of games – Anybody that went out there and went 4-0 and picking those games is among the luckiest people on the planet because it was such good matchups. And not all the games ended up being great games. You know, the, the capper on it ended up being the last game with uh, Chicago losing on the, the, <laughs> the unbelievable unlucky field goal. I said at the time, that was just God. And you could see him not making up his mind. And he's like, hold on, I'm going to need a couple seconds to figure that out. Let me bounce that off the post. No, no, no. Let me, let me bounce it off the crossbar. Uh, Eagles. And it comes out. <laughs> it was unbelievable that that could happen at the end of a ball game to determine. It, did get it was tipped. It was tipped. And it was ruled a blocked field goal. So Whatever. But it, it was one of those tips where the pixels are like the size of your hand. And I couldn't so really see. see. I couldn't really tell the trajectory change on the ball. Well, like, not that whatever. I care, but it, does Cody Parkey ever get to kick another field goal in the NFL? Dude, he's got three years ever? left on his contract at $4 million a year. I think he does. Uh, he probably definitely does not. <laughs> That's a lot of cap savings. All right, so moving into the second round. We're through the wild card round. There's no worse group of matchups. Indy KC. Am I alone in thinking Indy is going to go in and shock the world and beat Kansas City? Absolutely not. I I'm 100% think that the Colts can beat them. And Kansas City went 3 and 3 down stretch, is that yeah. correct? I think Indy is on this I'll amazing tear. I'll tell you this, tear. the first quarter Maybe even the first half of that Colts Texans game, yeah. the Colts were absolutely oh perfect and on that's both sides against, of the ball, and that's against a top shelf defense. Yes. I was thinking the same thing. How is Kansas City going to get these guys off the field? I mean, Luck no, I think is their the type defense guy. is just strong enough that they can get a couple of stops, and Luck and them can. I think they can. Ooh, beat that them. Indy's defense is just good enough. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, and I say this unapologetically. I think right now Indy's defense is one of the best three in the NFL. <laughs> they are playing ball. And I'm amazed as to where they've come from. You know, they lost <coughs> a, a couple of tough games early, and then we kind of just wrote them off and we're like, oh, yeah. Well, they were one in five. It's easy to write somebody yeah. off. But what yeah. they've done, the thing that I'll tell you, if Kansas City gets out and puts up a couple early scores – Andrew Luck might be the one guy I would have to bring me back because he is unflappable and will not flinch. Do you know who the only quarterback had at – so Mahomes had 50, right, this year? The closest to him in terms of quarterback touchdowns? Andrew Luck. 39. But the only problem – did you say that already? Is that what no, you're no, we didn't. no, no, no. I, I knew that stat, though. So, like, Andrew Luck the only problem 39. that he has is T.Y. Hilton has an ankle issue. So, like – 
that's his best player to throw to. So if he's oh, nursing an ankle issue, then maybe that's a problem. Well, we'll talk more about T.Y. Hilton's ankle on the other side of the break. You're listening from Jim. Crystal Lambert and Brandon Atkins always help me with my draft picks, but I sure wish they would stop hanging out with Zeke Elliott. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. But if you really want to know what's going on, Professor Trent, they should listen to you and me, Diamond Dave Kaplan. We've got a better grasp on sports, I think. It's astute analysis. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back. Moving in close to the second hour. we got 15 minutes to go before we hit the uh, the hour mark. I'm Chris Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols. I uh, want to tell you that 6.30 Thursday night this week, I will be at Libations hosting trivia. Our theme for the night will be space exploration. How do you like that? Space exploration. And since there's always a sports category in there, I'm thinking I will do some Houston Rockets trivia. Ooh, oh, nice. Like that. That'd be cool. You could do the Astros trivia, too. I could do just Houston sports. Astros and the Rockets. Yeah. Maybe that. Who knows? Who, who cares who about baseball, though? Who punched out Rudy Tom Janovich? Who was it? Kermit Washington. That's a good question. You could Boom. do the Texans, too, because the first guy to ever walk on the moon was a Texan. Uh, that's not true. Neil Armstrong is from Ohio. Yeah, I guessed. <laughs> um, Sounded good. Yeah, nice. That's why you don't do trivia and I do. Damn it. Um, who was Akeem Olajuwon? What was his first name? What was Akeem Olajuwon's first name? Mr. Akeem. Actually, it was Akeem. Uh, that's what I'm without saying. Without an H. Uh, All right, that's oh, that good, was your question? That's my good. I'm trying to contribute. Good. You got me. I was like, Akeem, uh, Hakeem, you know, you're like looking stink eye at me right now. No. Yeah. All right. All right. So, Brandon, where are you at with this NDKC matchup? They're in Kansas City. Kansas City's five and a half point favorite. I think it's going to be an awesome game, shootout. Um, I think it's going to be – I'm a Houston. <laughs> I think <laughs> I it's going to be KC. KC is going to be – their home fan base is going to be so freaking loud. KC fan, a lot of people don't realize how much they love that franchise. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. The Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs fans are are rabid, and they're they're as much as any team in the NFL. It, you know, tell me if you feel the same way. I am a Cincinnati Bengal fan through and through. Yep. There no, are lots of I'm teams sorry. that I hate, 
and most of those are like the storied franchises of the NFL. Right. The Chiefs never get lumped in among the dregs of the NFL, but the Chiefs really haven't been seriously good at any point in my life for any extended period of time. They were they've been okay for stretches. Right. The Marty Schottenheimer era where they were all right. Always in the playoffs. <laughs> but what, they've been to Super Bowl since what? Super Bowl 3? Yep. Or was it 2? 2. A 2. I mean, the Chiefs are a team, when I look at them, I can't hate the Chiefs. And they won't go again because they have Andy Reid. That so. might be. You You said that like week one. Yeah. And Andy so Reid's pattern over the years has That's been it. to get off to great starts and they get walked back. And remember back to the, you know, play. No, nah, it wasn't him back then. I think the biggest they thing, were three and three down the stretch. It's Andy Reid's team. This is it. It's over. They will not make the Super Bowl. They may win. I'm rooting for the Colts. I think the Colts can beat them. But, but you don't think they get through the Chargers? The, not at all. All nope. right. So we'll, we'll to segue into Hold that. On. So well, you're taking the Chiefs. Right? Yeah, I am. Okay. And like KC is going to win, <clears throat> but it's going to be a shootout. I don't think either defense can get to either quarterback. So I mean, but, but you also got Marlon Mack. You know, his resurgence in that offense. But I just feel like who's going to outpace who is high-octane offense, and then you're playing in Kansas City. I think the best tight end in this game is not going to be wearing red. Okay, I'm I'm going to make one statement about what Brandon said. You said it's going to be a shootout. Matt Eberflus, who is the defensive coordinator that's come out of nowhere for Indy and cobbled this defense together out of spare parts from everywhere, put two rookies – from that team, they've got two rookies that are all pro. One of those over on defense. Eberflus is one of those guys whose name is percolating to the surface in all of these job searches that the eight teams out there are going through. I'm going to tell you right now, if Eberflus shuts down Kansas City this weekend and holds them to less than three touchdowns, Eberflus is going to get a head job somewhere. He okay. might anyway. I just love that name. But Matt Eberflus, remember that name. He's one of those kind of under the radar because he didn't have a bye. Most of these assistants that are getting all these interviews and everything else, McDaniels turned down interviews. Eric bieniemy has been out and interviewing the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. The two assistants from um, L.A., yeah. Shane Waldron and Zach Taylor. Yeah. Those guys, they had a bye, so they've been out there interviewing the rest of this. Eberflus is the coordinator for a team that didn't have a bye. So nobody's been able to talk to him and do anything. If he shuts down Kansas City, he's going to get a job somewhere. He'll end up in Cleveland. He might. I agree with you 100%, but this this is a team with Pat Mahomes with a full season under his belt. They're just He's not going to lose at home. Okay. But Andy so, Reid So we're 2-1. to one. Trent and I are going to go with Andy. Um, Brandon takes – KC at home, which me. is a safe pick. But but Trent – scares me that I'm with Chris. That means the Chiefs are going to win. Yeah, that, that may be it. But Trent, since you said that Kansas City might win, but they won't make it through to the next round, who are they going to face? You got the Chargers going into New England, and normally you would look at that and be like, man, Brady at home. But what it's turned into is, man, Rivers on the road. That dude – Road Warrior. The San Diego is unbelievable on the road this year. They're eight and one. They're, he is unflappable. Or seven and one. They're, they're they've only lost once on the road. Well, they're eight and one now because they yeah. had to go on oh, the road yeah. to, to okay. Baltimore. Um, does New England have just enough gas in the tank for one more run, or does Rivers finally get a chance 
to get to his Super Bowl and put a cherry on what should be a Hall of Fame career? My rooting interest is leaning towards that. Now, the brain in me is saying that every year we have these teams like the Nick Foles of last year where these magical quarterbacks just have that on it. I think this one is riding down the river with with Phillip. I think he's going to put them away. They'll be 1-7 against the Patriots after this week and meeting the Colts in the AFC Championship. So you think that – Philip Rivers gets it done. Kansas, yes. or, uh, it's going to be. It's going to end up being. I know it's L.A. It's going to be the, like past. just like last week, where it's going to come down to a defensive okay. stop, and the Chargers will upset the Patriots. B, who you got? I got the Chargers, man. And it's not just good mojo. If Melvin Gordon's healthy, they played against the Ravens, who was everybody's sweetheart. If you listen to radio over the last week or so. And they look confused. They, I, somehow they were still in that game, though. But I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. But you got Bosa and Melvin Gordon if they're healthy all, at you know the jobs that they do, and you got Rivers, who is like I think they almost beat him in two thousand seven. This is Rivers, like this is like his it's Mona his Lisa, song, man. It's his Mona Lisa yes. right here, and he's gonna be ready to play. And if they ran over Ravens like the way they did, I mean, I'm still confused about how close that score was. The Patriots' defense is not that good. So I feel like it's Chargers all the way. Well, you know, I, I want to say, really first like of all, that the reason though, that game was as close as it was is that Kansas City – or Kansas – that's twice I did that. The Chargers, in the last eight, ten minutes of that game, they just took their foot off the gas. And they played soft on defense. LaMarcus Jackson – you know, they went four wide. He started working it down the field. Now, the question begs, should Baltimore have given up that option nonsense earlier, gone four wide and let him do that, or did the Chargers just sort of take their foot off the gas? One way or the other, I'm with you. The score did not belie what was going on on the field because San Diego beat that ass all day. Right. And even in spite of two block kicks and a bad fumble and all the rest of that, still had that game in hand the whole way. It was never in doubt. I'm going to tell you guys, I would love to see Phillip Rivers get his due. And it's not because I like Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers gets on my damn nerves with all that crying and the demonstrative behavior and all the rest of that stuff. He really gets on my nerves. Phillip Rivers deserves to win a Super Bowl, period. He's been too good for too long. Um, He's not quite in this era's Manning or Marino-type conversation, but he's close, man. Phillip Rivers has been really, really good through two eras of quarterbacks. He deserves to at least play in a Super Bowl, really probably ought to win one. If Eli Manning's running around with two rings and Ben Roethlisberger's got a couple, Rivers deserves at least one. Well, and, you know, if you're trying to make an argument for um, the Patriots, all the talking Neds are like, if Rob Gronkowski is like healthy, I'm like, dude. Oh, wait a minute. If that's your old, if that's your go-to after seven years, and he's like basically half foot into the hospital, then you're not going to win this game. I'm going to put it well, down let like me, this. Let me, so. let me finish my statement though, because I want Rivers to get his Super Bowl, but until I see somebody beat New England in New England in the playoffs, I got to pick the Patriots. They but, are Darth but, Vader, but Gronk's not the same, right? I. I and Look, if that if that's I, I, part of your, I will I will dance a little jig if I see Brady go down. Brady's lives the most charmed life. He has made a deal with Satan. 
There is no doubt in my mind. He's living his best life. He's living his best life. There is no doubt in my mind that he made a deal with Lucifer. Yeah. But until I see him get beat at Foxborough in a game that matters, I'm not going to believe it can happen. So I have to take the Patriots. Although, I will happily come in here and eat crow next week if Rivers gets by him. That's that's this, just all I have to say. I, this got, to I have me to take the Patriots. Nick Saban versus Dabo Sweeney. Lynn being Sweeney and Nick Saban being Belichick. Okay, but you don't have to recruit in the NFL. That's the beauty of it. It's the love of the players. All for right, their we'll coach. finish those NFL picks on the other side of the break. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Are you ready to sell your home and don't know which realtor to choose? Well, not all realtors are the same. I'm Crystal Copas, and I don't just stick a sign in the yard, throw it in the MLS, and hope to collect a commission. I provide a customized marketing plan that includes professional staging, photography, videography, and drone at no cost to you. Contact me, Crystal Copas, with Remax Real Estate Service, and let's get your house sold. 919-356-5402 or visit me at crystalcopas.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. I'm Chris DeLambert. I'm Brandon Atkins. I'm Professor Trent Nichols. Coming to you from the cheap seats. All right, welcome back to the second hour from the Cheap Seats. Kristen Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols. We are talking NFL playoffs and making our fearless predictions. So far, just to recap, Trent and Chris believe that Indy's going to upset KC. Brandon thinks Mahomes is too much. We're split again, but it's a little bit different. I feel like the Patriots are going to find a way to win. Trent and Brandon feel like the Chargers are the team of destiny in the AFC and uh, will find a way to beat Brady at home. Now, over to the NFC, I want to start with the Philly-New Orleans game. That's the 6-1 matchup. Philly is the hottest team in the NFC right now, beyond any shadow of a doubt. They kind of they, they lucked up against the Bears, but this Nick Foles legend continues to grow as he shepherds the Eagles into New Orleans. Now, We've seen this before. These two teams matched up in the regular season, and it was New Orleans' best offensive performance of the year, period. Now, I've heard from several sources, well, this Philly defense is a little bit better. Well, frankly, they couldn't be much worse than they were on that day. I don't know if there are enough lessons to be learned, but this team and their attitude, their focus are completely different. Philly, I don't think there's any way they can muster enough firepower to beat New Orleans. However, there have been a couple of times this season that Breeze has come out 
and laid an egg. The issue is that that always seems to be on the road. So I, I can't pick against Breeze and the Saints right now. Um, I just can't rationalize it. So I got I'm going with the Saints. That's beautiful, by the way. Go ahead, Trent. Who you got? New Orleans, Philly. <laughs> I think the uh, Philly magic is over. I'm going to have to agree with you. And Drew Brees is probably that other one that's kind of destined to have his shot again at a Super Bowl. So I think they win this game. I think, like you said, Brees has got his in the bag. I think it would be justified, given this era, how things have gone, if he got that second to be on that level with Eli Manning and with Roethlisberger. Um, One of the only great lines coming here, what what the media, what would they do if it's Phillip Rivers versus Drew Brees in the Super Bowl? How cool would that be? Uh, I think that the media would squarely be on Brees' nuts. Yeah, but Drew Brees left the Chargers after an injury, and that started the Phillip Rivers era. So I just think that would be pretty neat. San Diego as much as he got forced out of San Diego. Because so it'd be neat. It's a good storyline. It, it would be a hell of it would be a hell of a way for them to sort of wrap up their careers. Even though they both may have a year or two left, it would be an interesting way for it all to kind of come together and show that at that point, that's how good San Diego's front office was back then. I mean, you look at the talent with the Sean Merriman, Ladanian Tomlinson, the guys that cycled through there. The fact that they couldn't Junior win Seau. a Super Bowl Gates. with that squad and that collection of talent over those years. Man, when we look back at coaches that just didn't get it done, that's why Marty Schottenheimer is at the top of the list. Those San Diego teams were unreal how good mm-hmm. they were. Anyway, who you yeah. got, Brandon? Philly, no, New Orleans. All right, up? let me give you a stat. Otherwise, yes. what kind of radio person would I be, okay? Yeah, exactly. And then, so I'm going to steal the stat from some other <laughs> qualified person. person. Yeah. The Eagles are 9-1 in the past two seasons – December, January, and February, game started by Foles. Okay? This guy shows up during the time that you need a win, playoff period, and all that. He is the guy who's crunch time. The team believes in him, so I think they're going to go out and like try to play for him. The other thing I'll say is that if you're a police officer or a state trooper, you never want to pull over two people. Like – a priest or like an, a tax auditor because that could end up badly for you, okay? <laughs> so, like, there's a, some higher power that wants the Eagles to win the Super Bowl huh. again. We already said I, the you're, Now you're stealing my line. I told you it was God that caused that field goal to miss. And so I'm just going to say, in the Saints, look, I mean, in their the only time they won a Super Bowl, they – Kicked an onside kick against the Colts at halftime, and that's the, that's the time that they won. I just feel like it's Philly. I mean, I have to go with Philly on this. So right, I just well, feel that's... like some higher power, whether it be an alien or a deity or like Jesus himself, wants the Philly to be in the Super Bowl or something like that. All so. right. Well, that's interesting, and and it would almost it almost feels like this is contrived, and we planned right. this, so we had to be split. And trust me, we'd never prepare. That thoroughly, so I didn't see this coming. Very interesting. Trent, are you writing these down? No. You should be. All right. All right. So, I'm going to ask this question before we move on to the matchup. This is the most interesting of all the matchups. Yeah, to me. I agree. But I'm going to ask this question. I want you to think about it for a second. We have always put Brady and Manning 
up there on a shelf in a plateau all to their own. We seem to forget Manning only won two Super Bowls. Yeah. Brady's got a fistful. Okay, yep. so Brady at this point has transcended everybody. If Drew Brees takes this Saints team and wins a Super Bowl, not only does he have as many Super Bowl championships as Peyton Manning, he beat Peyton Manning straight up for one of those. Yeah. <clears throat> at that point, and I know we're only looking ahead a month, and maybe you know we're putting it ahead of the, the card ahead of the course. I have to say that on almost every level, Drew Brees will have been the better quarterback and superior to Peyton Manning. Yeah, I one hundred percent. I agree in one hundred percent. Plus, the the scary thing about it is he may play for three more Jesus, years. Jesus, did sued, man. We, you know, it's funny we we talk about it and and we forget sometimes that these guys that are are top shelf quarterbacks, in a lot of cases, you have guys like Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers can throw a football really well. Yep. Philip Rivers is a pretty big guy. Philip Rivers, athletically, couldn't have accomplished much else in life. He wasn't going to play in the NBA. He's not going to play baseball. Right. He just happens to be able to deliver a football down the field. Yeah, Bernie Kozar, you know, Byron Leftwich, Jameis Went. These guys are not supreme athletes. Drew Brees, people have lost sight of the fact this dude is a top-shelf athlete. Yep. And what he has done with his body, who he reminds me of, and this is I don't even know why this jumps in my head, he reminds me of Doug Flutie. Flutie's probably 55 right now right. and could come in here and whoop all of us at the same time because he's just a gym rat who has superior genetics now he's only about five foot eight, and you know how I feel about small people. I'd be like, if I could get my hands on him. But I'm telling you, these guys, it's amazing how they have not seemed to age at all. Drew Brees may be able to play five more years. Well, it's, the Bree- un- it's unreal. The Brees Manning conversation, it, he needs to get that ring this year for me to go ahead and say, yeah, he's better than Manning. And if he doesn't, it's just sort of a lifetime achievement thing because well, no, he's played so he, long. If he doesn't, he's going to pass him in the next two years when he continues to play with Sean Payton. What? But Manning, if you ever watched Manning play football, you realize he's probably one of the best, if not the best. He was always in his own system. The smartest. So I have he's to say, the smartest yeah, quarterback in the history of the NFL. But but we do agree. And and Trent, are you on with that? No. If, you're not. Nope. Okay. So Brandon and I agree that if Breeze gets a ring this year. We put him a notch ahead there's of only, Manning. There's only one record that Manning has that's better, and it's the 55-touchdown year. And that's so tainted. I mean, Manning was the king of the two-yard touchdown pass. They get it down inside the five. He was going to throw a touchdown pass. They were not going to run the football. That's just how he did. I think anyway. Trent's going to make a case for Case McKinnon or something like that. <laughs> Case Keenum. Okay, Trent, you're allowed to disagree, brother. Don't get all salty. No, I'm Trent's good. got a scowl on his face right now. He, he like, just did this like like Yosemite Sam. He just did that like girlfriend thing where he was like, "No, it's fine. No, it's fine. Go to. Why don't you go to sleep? <laughs> why don't you just go to sleep? Yeah. Dirk Cutter's the new offensive coordinator in Atlanta. That's a good move. And Mike That's Malarkey's really their tight end coach. I uh, don't care about that. Yep. But uh, Dirk Cutter. Could have landed in worse situations. Go ahead and mark this down. Atlanta's in the playoffs next year. That's a team you don't want playing a last place schedule. 
And that's something we never pay enough attention to in the NFL. Last to first in the NFL is a little bit easier than other sports because of that last place schedule. Yeah, Atlanta's easy. going to feast. Um, Carolina's in a flux year. Tampa <laughs> Bay is what they are. Watch Atlanta. Atlanta be in the playoffs. Carolina's going to be Martin. last in the um, NFC South next year. Well, with that, Bruce, what, if they with that Bruce Arians out, hire, oh, they're going to be oh. in last place next we're gonna, year. We're going to touch on the on the hires here coming up. I want to. We got a my ADDs kicking in. All right, come on. That was LA. Now, of the matchups in the NFL this year, or, or in the in the the playoffs this week. I don't think there's one that features two more high-profile coaches than Jason Garrett taking his Cowboys to Sean McVay out in L.A. I am sick to death of hearing about Sean McVay. Tired, 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 tired. Yeah. His his fingerprints are all over the coaching searches around the NFL. we got to find the next Sean McVay. we got to find the next Sean McVay. Now, why don't you go find the next Todd Gurley? Why don't you go find the next Aaron Donald? Why doesn't Sean McVay find Todd Gurley? <laughs> well, <laughs> exactly. He's lost him the last Good four point. weeks. That was Good point. Tight. Good point. But my thing with Sean McVay is this L.A., this front office, dude, what they've done in the last couple of years is amazing. I mean, they absolutely hit it out of the park with Todd Gurley, and people forget what a roll of the dice that was. Todd Gurley didn't even play the first part of his first season because he was hurt, coming off a major knee injury. They got him back. He is a grown man doing his thing. For my money, he's the best player in the NFL. He grown. You 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 stole Brandon Cooks. You've got Indomitian Sue. You you were able to bring in Talib and Peters at cornerback. Come on, man. This is an all-star team that he's got out there. If he doesn't get past Dallas at home in the first round. All of that luster will be gone just as quickly as it got on him. So what's going to happen? I think Dallas gets them. Ugh. I think Dallas gets them. They're playing with a hell of a lot of confidence right now. And the reason I think Dallas gets them is their speed sideline to sideline at the linebacker position. They're going to make Goff push the ball down the field, and I'm not sure he wants to do that. Their vertical passing game has not been anywhere near as effective as it was when Cooper Cup went down. Of all things, <coughs> Cooper Cup was a major hit to that to that offense, and they will not. They have been completely resistant to committing to the run. I think if they would run Gurley 35 times, they would be in good shape, but I just don't expect to see that. The, the last part of this, and it's, this sounds a little crazy, of all the teams going on the road this weekend to play, the one that faces the least adversity on the road in terms of a home field advantage is the Cowboys. Brother, it's going to be a Cowboys home game. Right. And well, the weather is going to be perfect. I think Dallas gets a break going out there to L.A., and I don't expect there to be any home field advantage at all for the Rams. Well, Those things conspire. I think Cowboys do it. What you got? First of all, I'm going Rams. Okay? So that's my pick. But – you know, the Rams allowed a league-worst average 5.07 yards per rush this season. But that's fake news, like our president <laughs> likes to say. Because I think that's a lot of these teams, their approach to the L.A. Rams is like, let's keep their offense off the field. Let's run. Um, there may be some garbage time in there, so they're going to try to run against L.A. to try to keep their offense off the field. Because Fair enough. Goff's pretty good. Gurley's really, really good. But my factor in this game is that I do not ever, 
and will never believe in Dak Prescott. He is going to have Sam Donald, uh, Aaron Donald, all over him, and he's going to be chasing him around the field all day long. All right, we'll hear Trent's pick in the L.A. Dallas game on the other side. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hey Clarice, can we please put on the new Justin Bieber album? Hold on, Dad will be mad if we don't listen to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back. We're talking NFL playoffs. About to put a bow on this. The last pick of the day. Trent Nichols. Hey, Trent, before you make your point on point, last break, I said L.A. Rams. C.J. Anderson ran for, like, what, 167 yards? I feel like their O-line has not been given credit because Gurley's that good. If they choose to run the ball against Dallas, I think that's what helps. That being – um. Their biggest strength, and then I also think that Dak Prescott, just it's not that good, man. So that's my pick. It's hard to defend Dak. If Cowboys win, it's because Zeke Elliott has gone nuts. Hang and I off. think that I think that Zeke – where did he play college ball? I don't remember. Oh, oh, the O. Ohio State University. I think Zeke gets loose, man. I, and I think this playing a team playing with a lot of confidence. Dak is fully capable of screwing this up. But I think there's a lot of pressure on L.A. Um, they were the best team in football for a stretch this season. Gurley's still a little nicked. And Sean McVay seems like a guy that can outsmart himself. I don't know. Trent, what you got? See, I just like I said, you find Gurley, you find a, find a W. Uh, they've got – Gurley's going to start practicing now. He's been out this whole time. Um They've got to refocus. If they have to rely on golf to win the game, I think Dallas can beat them. Uh, but I believe that defense will do just enough to rattle Dak, and he's going to make some mistakes. And I'm on board. I think the Rams take this. They'll hit him in the midriff? Is that what you're saying? They're going to hit him in the midriff. You know what, Zeke? I don't know, man. I think the Rams might put him in a position where they – what's his face? Uh, what's the coach in Dallas? What's the head coach? Jason, Jason Garrett. Garrett. Oh, yeah, where he forgets about that and he, he gets frantic and tries to throw the ball too much. Which always freaks me out because one of my best friends in real life is named Jason Garrett. Really? Yeah. That's pretty wild. Yes. He's um, Well, he's a bum, too. One of, my oh, best whoa, friends is named, one of my best friends in life is named Sean McVay. Not really. Really? No. Not at all. All right. You so, I take the, the Rams. You take the Rams. So, we're all split different kind of ways. This is going to be interesting. Um, so, if we assign one point per pick, we, there should be something riding on this. What do we feel like? What's what's going on here? I should get – if I win, I get I get uh, full season, season tickets to the Firebirds. <laughs> 
Robert Bricky, if you're listening, I need those. Sideline. Yeah, courtside. You know what? Before the end of the day, though, that's what needs to happen. We need to send Robert a text, get his picks, and we need to add those in. So during the next break, I'll send that text to him, get his picks, and uh, see where he's at with that. I did did talk to him, and I said, we're about to update your wiki page and say that you're a motivational speaker. But then we realized that Minnesota Vikings did not make the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Is that Bricky's fault? I'm I'm hanging it on him. The dude. problem with this this thing is we can we can have people tied. We each could have two right and two losses, so we could all tie. All right, let's pose a question right now. Tiebreaker. What's the tiebreaker? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I got nothing. We'll just keep it going throughout the rest of the playoffs. Who's your we'll su- make our picks. We'll reset them at the beginning of the at the beginning of the week. Who's your Super Bowl pick? No, we're, we're, not, we, we're not getting that far ahead. We'll just do it each week. We'll keep it running. But, all right, here's – so that you're talking about the, the Raleigh Firebirds, for people that don't know. Bricky is on the road. Um, they open their season, the Raleigh Firebirds, that's a new professional basketball team, in Raleigh, North Carolina. They play Kansas City on the 11th and 12th. So he is out there enjoying barbecue. Then they travel to Owensboro, and then they'll be back to play Tampa and make their home debut. Opening night for the Raleigh Firebirds. January 19th, playing Tampa. I will be there. You guys going to come out? Where's that at? Um, I forget what arena it is. I'm not going to lie. Um, is they it are playing their home games. Uh, where are they playing their home games? I don't know. Why'd you ask me that? Now I'm looking. I'm trying. I'm supposed to be talking. It doesn't matter where I'm going to be. We'll find out. But January 19th, the Raleigh Firebirds make their home. That's their home opener. We will be out there. Um, I'm certain that we will do an exclusive interview with the head coach. I've already talked to him about that. I also have talked to him about doing an exclusive interview with the captain of the cheerleading team. Um, Okay. That's the the Raleigh Honeys, I think they call themselves. I'm excited about the whole thing. I want to go check it out. They're playing at one of the big high school gyms in Raleigh, but I can't remember which one. I'll find out. Um, is he going to be like, hey, this is how you take a charge? <laughs> Something like that. All right. <laughs> so there are – I love as, you, Robert. As we closed out the regular season in the NFL, there was a whirlwind of firings, and we had eight vacancies in the NFL. A handful of those now have been filled. Most recently, we hear that Bruce Arians has taken the Tampa Bay job. So Bruce Arians to Tampa Bay. We've got Matt LaFleur, the defensive coordinator from Tennessee, is going out to be Aaron Rodgers' therapist. Or is flunky. I haven't figured out which it's going to be yet. Which we talked about last week. That was a huge mistake, right? I tend to agree. I think you got a guy coming in there trying to make his mark in the league. Aaron Rodgers is going to run right (coughs) through him. I don't think that's going to go well. Who knows? The other piece of that, too, is when you look from a weapon standpoint at that Green Bay team, it's not great. So, I don't know. 
The the thing that I would temper that with is that Sean McVay is everybody's favorite head coach right now. Except ours. Well, but when Sean McVay got hired a couple years ago, it didn't move anybody's needle. They were like, oh, okay, whatever. So with these new hires, we can say what we want about them. Ain't no telling. Now, guy like Bruce Arians going to Tampa Bay, we know exactly what we're going to get. We're going to get the Kango. We're going to get attitude. And we're going to get hell offense. This is a team that went out there and put up about 40 points a week with regularity. Um, in Dirk Cutter and Todd Monken's system, Bruce Arians is going to be scary out there. And I'm sure that job one for him is going to be getting Jameis Winston's head right. Now, Winston and Arians have a relationship that goes back all the way to Jameis Winston as a teenager. I know for certain that Arians taking this job was contingent upon them committing to Winston being the guy. In turn, before they made the hire, Tampa came out and said, Winston is our guy, so anybody that we hire is going to have to be on board with that. This is a marriage that was cobbled together pretty quickly, but once the two sides sort of aligned, it was pretty obvious what was going to happen. I'm I'm excited for Tampa Bay. This is a good hire for them. Bruce Arians offensively is a genius. I'm not sure he's a guy that can be in one place for 10 years and be successful right. because it runs a very loose program. But he is going to come in. He's a great communicator. He's a motivator. Very uber positive guy. He's going to be great for that team. And maybe even solve the problems with Deshaun Jackson, who says he wants out of Tampa Bay. Do you know who wins the most by this hire? Who? Arians? Panthers. You think? Yeah. How so? Because Tampa Bay is going to be good with him being there. You got Sean McVay and Drew Brees. And then you have um, Matty Ice. And Atlanta, you said they're going to be world beaters next I, year. I don't know that they'll be world beaters, but you can pencil them into the playoffs, period. So then you're going to have a Panthers team in two years that doesn't have Greg Olson. <laughs> Peppers is done after this year. I just figured out where this is going. You got all your de- defense is going to be old except for Luke Keekley. I think both of Cam Newton's arms are broken. They're going to be the worst team in the NFC South by far, and maybe get a good draft pick. Maybe oh, I thought you were going to be more direct with that and say they're going to be so bad they're going to wind up with Trevor Lawrence. That's exactly what oh, I'm doing. There you go. Was that too slow? Yeah, I'm you're sorry. way too slow with that. But yeah, they need they need to hold on and be okay for a year. They need to hang in there for Ron Rivera one more year, and then next year they go ahead and fire Ron Rivera. Bring in whoever to be the head coach and go 0-16. Get Trevor Lawrence. Bounce Cam Newton out of town. Trevor Lawrence win him the Super Bowl eight years in a row. Hire Dabo. He's only like an hour away. Now, you, know, you know what? You're, you're not thinking creatively enough. Tepper is a is a he's an innovative thinker. He's a businessman. He's right. not about, you know, NFL, this, that, the other. Here's what I'm saying. So Dabo Swinney. He could follow in the footsteps of a guy like Nick Saban or Pete Carroll and have all that success at the college level and then go to the NFL. But you know what we've never seen a coach do? Coach two teams at one time. Right. Clemson and Greenville, it's only about an hour and a half from Charlotte. That's right. Just coach both. Trent, what do you think? He could go ahead and coach the Tigers and the Panthers at the same time. Win a national champion and a Super Bowl. Why don't they just move the Panthers to Greenville then? Uh, a lot oh, that that might not be a bad idea, but that's a whole other thing. That would work better. That's a for possibility. Me. You I know, know, if they had it to do over again, you know they'd have put that team in Raleigh, right? 
Mm. They should have. Uh, That's a long time ago. It was a long time ago, but if if they could if they could foresee now, I think it would be in. Here's the breaking news: the two finalists for the Browns jobs are Freddie Kitchens and Kevin Stefanski. Stefanski, whatever his name Um, is. Yeah, Trent, you what you do with names? Stefanski. The interesting, most interesting part about that Cleveland statement is that Greg Williams' name is not mentioned in there. So it's Greg. Yep, you went five and three as the interim coach. Thanks for the memories. Uh, peace. He's not a finalist. I'll tell you this, and I and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Not hiring Greg Williams as the full time coach is a is is absolutely a double edged sword. One, I think Greg Williams as a long term answer is a horrible idea. He's right. a meathead. You know, this is the same guy with Bounty Gate and all the rest of that stuff. He is a meathead. He's one of those taskmaster, you know, screaming hollering Bill Coward types. That doesn't play in the NFL very often anymore. And you've got a young team. They're not trying to hear that. On the other hand, you've got these players that have suffered through the abyss of the NFL for all these years. Greg Williams takes over, leads them to where they can see the promised land. They had an outside shot to make the playoffs in the last two They've weeks. They've been so far down there, they've been eating krill. Yeah, they didn't, <laughs> they didn't even know the playoffs were a thing. And now you've had this guy who obviously got their attention and rallied them, and they're like, eh, no, you're good. Greg Williams is a proud cat. I guarantee you Greg Williams is not going to come back as a D.C. and work for somebody else there in Cleveland. Not going to happen. So you're about to jettison your defensive coordinator and the guy that got you five wins in eight weeks. The players may not love that. So whoever's coming behind may face an uphill struggle. Kitchens has to be the guy. Where's he from? Freddie Kitchens. Uh, Freddie Kitchens played quarterback at Alabama. He's the offensive coordinator for the Browns. We'll see you on the other side of the break. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, and of course, companionship. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. Fantastic cat. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. All right, Trent asked before the break, who is Freddie Kitchens? Freddie Kitchens is the offensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns. Now, prior to Todd Haley getting the boot when he and Hugh Jackson were fired on the same day, Kitchens had never been a coordinator. Um, Up to that point, he was the running backs coach. So I think he has to be the hire. 
between he and Kevin Stefanski. Yes, because everything you were saying before, there's so much belief in what they were doing and the team rallied around what the people there. So if you're not going to keep some semblance of that, you got an uphill battle. So Kitchens, who up until eight weeks ago had never even been a coordinator, was thrust into that position, did a great job with Baker Mayfield. The the, the offensive game plan and what Cleveland was doing on offense there based on you know what they'd done in the first half of the season didn't even look like the same team. There is a distinct possibility that a guy two months ago who had never even been a coordinator that nobody knew uh, could now be the head coach. And if I had to choose between the two of them, if I was Cleveland, I would choose Freddie Kitchens. I was thinking about something on the drive in today, and that was for NFL fan bases. You know, the Green Bay Packers are, are publicly owned, where – People own these mock shares of the team. Why don't these NFL teams, instead of the front office hiring and firing a head coach, why don't they let the the fans elect the head coach? Ooh, how cool would that be? That would be awesome. And how, the, what could the fans fuss about? So, but what would you do? Would you have the front office say, "Here's your choice"? I would elect. Okay, I yeah. just I, I would let the fans. There'd be some sort of nominating process, you know, and yeah, just run with it. I don't know. I mean, I'm down for it. Interesting. You know, I'm and I'm looking. The thing that that spurred that part of the conversation was was the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and their head coaching search. Um, I think at this point, the fans do not prefer Vance jo- Vance Joseph be hired, the former head coach of the Broncos, who was in Cincinnati for a couple of years as the DBs coach. Cincinnati would love to keep him around and be a defensive coordinator and work him up. They thought he was a future head coach. Denver and some other teams knew that, that Vance Joseph is one of these anointed guys, or was, and Atlanta kind of jumped the gun on the rest of the league, gave him the gig in Denver. Did I say Atlanta? I don't know what I'm No, Miami took him as a D coordinator, and then he got hired from Denver. But the players loved him, dude. I think Cincinnati would be good to hire him. Cincinnati loved Vance Joseph, and they tried to talk him into staying they blocked him from interviewing for a for a coordinator position once. Then when his contract was up, they tried to get him to stay. He went down to Miami. Then he came up to Miami or to Denver. Joseph, the Bengals fans are not excited about him. Now, he doesn't have to do much. The threshold is pretty low. If he gets them out there, they're playing good football. Fans will embrace him, and he'll be the favorite thing in the world. What Cincinnati fans do not want is Hugh Jackson. And the fact that the team has kind of put some distance between themselves and Hugh Jackson is probably a good thing. But my reason for thinking, why don't we elect it? Why don't they put it to a vote? Because I promise you that exactly 0.0% of the real fan base of Cincinnati Bengals would vote in favor of Hugh Jackson being the next head coach. I'd have to agree. I mean, we haven't heard any grumblings out of Miami and the Jets. What are they waiting on? I couldn't begin to tell you. I don't even know if they've interviewed anybody or is there somebody still in the playoffs that they're all like, "Eh." They've both conducted interviews, but it's been really hush-hush. The interesting thing about New York is that New York... You said that was the... The job you'd want, bro, become a the king of the world. I mean, if you go to New York and you win, dude, you're you're a god. You would be an absolute icon forever. And you've got Sam Darnold. You've got the most important thing that a coach can have 
is a good, talented young quarterback. With three more years of cheap labor. Right? I mean, it's a great situation. Yes, that team has some issues that have to be addressed very quickly, but you've got maximum cap flexibility. You've got a great draft pick coming up. You've got your quarterback there. I Man, I, I would be knocking down the door. I have a feeling that there are some of these coordinators that are still playing football that will, will become part of the mix. Very interesting that Josh McDaniels has taken his name out of the mix. And, and I, what is that saying? I, 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 it's got to me to say that he has a succession, a succession plan in place with the Patriots. Belichick has yeah. to be. I mean, because this year, this is not just a year where there are a lot of vacancies. There are some great vacancies. You've got the Jets. That Browns squad is awesome. That Cincinnati gig. You've got AJ Green, and that defense is still built. It's a good job. There are some really good ones out there. Um, the Denver job. Minus the Case Keenum situation is a good job. This is not the dregs of league recycling and churning their their head coaches. Even though Cleveland's still a drag of the league, always will be. But no, the Tampa least. job. I mean, you look at Tampa with the components that are in place. If if this year McDaniel's is like ah, I'm out, then I'm thinking he's out. Out. See, we all talked about raised. the end of the Billichek or Brady, one of the two. I think with this just assures that. Something's going down. Bilicek's on his way out soon, and Robert Kraft already knows that McDaniels is going to take over for the last two, three years of the Brady scheme. Well, yeah, that may be it. And and I mean, and we speculated it, about that last year, and and you know, it didn't happen after the Super Bowl. I don't know, man. Belichick's not getting any younger. Um, he's got nowhere left to climb. Is he's there already, a GM job available right he now? He is the GM. No, job. I know, but is there? Uh, there. Are, I'd have to look if there's an open because that's what I'd be interested in because I always thought that maybe Bilicek would go and become the GM of the Giants. Wow. Something to that last year we talked about. But maybe there's a GM job that he will, after they lose this weekend to the Chargers, he steps away and goes into the front office with a different team. Interesting. Very well, I mean, that's the thing is you never know what he wants to do. Yeah, right? exactly. Uh, he may just step away and disappear for the rest of his life. But I think he goes into the front office because I still think he's got some things with the craft and he's going to try to put it to him by going to another team and hurting them. It's my well, prediction we'll, we'll, from last year. Wait and see what happens with it. Denver, good job, except that you're saddled with Case Keenum. Looks like the front runners right now. The story's coming out of there. Mike Munchak and Vic Fangio. Fangio's done great things with the Chicago defense. But, I, man, I don't know, dude. This guy's been around forever. Has never gotten any serious run as a head coach. Um, when he's had great personnel, if you look at his track record, he's had really good defenses. When it's not been great personnel, his defense has been pretty bad. Um, I know that the thinking out there with Elway is, well, we're going to bring in a defensive-minded coach. And who would run the offense, Trent? And then they're saying that uh, Mr. Kubiak, yeah. who already said he's never going to be a head coach again, would come in as the offensive coordinator. You know, this is very disappointing to me because I just I don't think this is the answer. The going back to the 90s Broncos way and the Kubiak way and the Elway way, it's just not not the answer. Here's and the if we thing. hire another defensive coach, you are going to be in a position where you are going to have to draft a quarterback either this year, next year, or the year after. Here's the question I would ask with regard to this. 
it, it is amazing how much run assistant coaches, coordinators in particular, get based on reputation. When was the last time Kubiak had a dynamic offense that you were like, oh, my God? Well, that, every time he installed his offense with his, quarter, his quarterback, Peyton Manning, I was gonna they say, were horrible, but when they played Peyton Manning's offense, they were good. <laughs> I'm just saying. But listen to this. Okay, Denver's offense is set up more for the Bronco way, a West Coast offense, because of Phillip Lindsay and Freeman. They have these running backs that they can run the ball all the time, and now Case Keenum only has to be a game manager and West Coast dump the ball down to Sanders and whoever else and do it like that. So it may work out. I just don't trust John anymore. Hmm. Wow. That's stout. Um, which, which vacancies have we not talked about? The Dolphins. I haven't heard anything well, about we the Dolphins. Yeah, the Dolphins no idea what's and the going Jets. On down there. Um, the Jets, the only thing I've heard is they, that Greenberg wants them to do everything they can to trade for John Harbaugh. Yeah, that's not going to happen. No. Uh, Adam Gase never gets a job again in the NFL. Right? I, you know what? Gase will be somebody's coordinator next offensive year. Offensive coordinator. Yeah. Gase is a great offensive mind. Gase he is may one of those... go to Denver as a quarterback's coach. Well, and, and that's the thing with, with Adam Gase is, you know, Sean McVay, Sean McVay. We want to find the next Sean McVay. Well, Sean McVay was the next Adam Gase. Gase, one of these whiz-bang hot kids, came in with all of this arrogance, and it didn't work out. Right. It works out less often than it than, than it blows up. The Gase one person was that never speaks very highly of Gase is Peyton Manning. Yeah. So his Denver ties. Hmm, interesting. But I think Gase will be a coordinator next year. Gase one of those guys going to have to outlive that bad experience down there in Miami. Um, there are a lot of these guys. Dirk Cutter has already been hired. Um, be interesting to see. Marvin Lewis has actually intimated that he's interested in going back and being a defensive coordinator possibly. Says he was invigorated by the experience when he ran the Bengals' defense down the stretch. It's kind of odd to me because the Bengals' defense hadn't been very good for the last few years. And, yes, I get he was the head coach and not the coordinator. But uh, when Mike Zimmer left, the wheels kind of came off a little bit. And then when Mark, when Paul Gunther left this year, it was a train wreck. Hey, he so, might go to uh, Minnesota. That's not going to happen. And work for Zimmer. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. He was invigorated by that paycheck. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, that may be what happens. I mean, Fangio may well end up a head coach somewhere. Marvin may be willing to go up there and work for Zimmer. Fangio they, may end up in Denver. He may. <laughs> he may. The Mike Munchak thing is interesting to me, man. We've already seen this game before. Munchak it has been a, a head coach. There, are, You said, Trent, that you've actually seen people calling for the Steelers to try to trade Tomlin, Tomlin. somewhere and promote Munchak because to the head coach Because he's so good position. with the quarterbacks that it takes away that drama. Interesting. And that's what they said on my informational source, Twitter. Very, very, very interesting. You can check us out on Twitter at Cheap Seat Radio. Yes, there's lots of ass on Twitter. Is it, what? What you said? What? You could check ass out. On check us. Did I, I don't know, man. I'm a little delirious. Um, very cool. Very we cool. doing the hair draft? Yeah. Yeah. Do we have time. That's what we're gonna do, man. But do you tell me. Do we have time? Yeah. What do we got? We have at least over 15 minutes. All right. Left. So we got a segment and a half, and what we're gonna do is the three of us are going to draft our all-time hair team. Athletes, past and present, best hair. We're going to go five rounds. It's going to have to be fast because we got about 12 and a half minutes to do it, but we can get through this. 
We'll see you on the other side of the break. To from the cheap seats from Sanford, North Carolina. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Kiramutu todos. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. My name is Forrest, Forrest Gump. My mom always told me you don't have to sit down close to see the action. Sometimes it's better from the cheap seats. And that's all I gotta say about that. You ain't got to. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Alright guys, I'm, I'm looking back and I just want to make sure... I think we addressed every one of these four head coaching or eight co- head coaching jobs. Yes. Um, so I didn't want anybody to feel slighted. So we're good. We, we covered all our bases. The interesting piece, Arizona uh, hiring Cliff Kingsbury. We'll talk about that next week, but that's an interesting hire. But for now, we're going to draft in honor of Trevor Lawrence and his luscious blonde locks. We're going to draft our all-time hair teams. Three rounds. Um, let's spin the pin, see who goes first. It is Trent Nichols is in the number one spot. Yes! Kicking this thing off. Who you got at number one? Hallelujah. I was owing open that I was either number one or behind Brandon because I didn't think you'd take my guy. But the highest future highest paid player in baseball that's not signed yet, Bryce Harper, that's baby, so is going to so Trent. Lame. <laughs> Bryce Harper. So Bryce Bryce. Harper, very predictable pick right yes, there. Yes, who cares? Me. Yes. So all, all time, right? Yeah, all time. All time. Hair. <laughs> Come on, this is easy. Who? He was in your division. Troy Palamalu. Oh, oh that's a good one. Lord. Look, you guys suck. Got you. No. Got he. Head I'm about to shoulders. Y- y- David Beckham. Oh, man. Somebody's got a man crush. Just like that, dog. David Beckham. Back to you, Trent. Okay. Now, I wanted to do research to make sure this was true, but he said when he got into the league, he would never get a haircut. Number three, Allen Iverson. No! How did you do that, man? That was my pick, and I thought there's no way I have to take him at one. Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson, the most successful player to ever play on a court with cornrows. Yes, but how did you do that? He ended with like the biggest afro in the world. It was amazing. I I love it. Cannot believe you took AI. Okay, Brandon, you're iced. I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) I'm gonna go ahead and stick in the NFL. Ooh, Clay Matthews' son. So lame. What's you? What's up with you and dandruff hair commercials? Huh? That's what I'm saying. So you, we're talking lame. about the best hair. You're like talking about. I got. I got more. Chris for you is right scrambling now. right now. No, I got who I want. Iverson he didn't. Pro. I got who I want, and I'm going with Andre Agassi, circa Ooh. 1985. Look at that, Trent. That Look is, at that, dog. Yeah. That mullet, he took the mullet to a whole new level, dog. Yeah. Yes. And that kind of—that's a winner. That kind of stumps on my last pick. Oh. Because you got to go back to the '90s. This man had the greatest mullet, besides Agassi, I think. 
And he played hockey for like a hundred years. Oh, Yarmir Yager. His mullet in the nineties was unbelievable. Did I miss a pick? Who'd Brandon take? Oh, he took Clay Matthews. Yep. Brandon's last pick right now. All right, Brandon, who you got? Oh, the, I think we got time to do five, right? All right, well, we'll go, we'll go until we can't go. I don't have any more. <laughs> y'all, y'all skipped over a whole sport just now. I'm going with my third pick, Carlos Valderrama, son. That's a good one, bro. Had you said we skipped a sport, David Beckham was my first oh, pick. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You got Carlos Beckham. Valderrama with but that just blonde, like, flowing craziness. I don't even know who that is. Oh, you got to look him up. Carlos Valderrama. Um, I'm going. I'm trying to find. That's what I'm looking for. I'm going with John Riggins when he was oh. rocking the Mohawk, baby. What? <laughs> oh, that's dope. That's dope. <laughs> yes, old school. He went through a whole bunch of iterations, and at the end when he was really good with the Redskins, he had the curly perm thing going, but people forget back in the day he was rocking the straight mohawk. It was dope. Trent, back to you, dog. I'm going to a shocker. Now, there was a couple. I actually found some more, so I'm good. Uh, My favorite hairstyle, Martina Hingis. When she had that little boy cut. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Ugh. That got into a territory that I didn't think we were going to get Carlos Valderrama pick has got me crossed up, bro. How did I not think of him, man? I told you, son. How did I not think of that dude, man? Carlos who? Carlos Valderrama, man. It's the best do ever. Um, I'm going to go more contemporary. Brandon. Brandon, Oh, is it Brandon? Go ahead. You might need to just chill out. Sorry, bro. All right. Um, because it was like so many different styles and colors, I'm going to go ahead and hit you up with Dennis Rodman. I, would, I, I oh, thought somebody would go yeah, do I, Rodman. I, I saw that one coming. I saw that one coming. My squad's dove right now. I got y'all beat, just so you know. So far, I got you. Wow, that's, that's pretty strong that's pretty work. rude. I'm going to go... With somebody who has gotten more out of less than anybody I can think of in life on so many different levels, but his hair included. And it's much more a product of stylists and professionals being involved in his life. But I got to go with Brady. Brady? Tom Tom Brady, Brady? dog. Yeah. You're just going with good hair. I think you got some man crushes going on right now. No, I'm just, you know. Oh, boy. I'm going to struggle now. Oh, Lord. I don't really see anything that I like. You struggling? Yeah. You didn't do enough research, man. I you did, get, you were I giving didn't. heads up. Normally, you guys can accuse me and be like, me just dumped that on me at the last minute. Blah, blah, blah. No, you, you were giving heads up for this. Yeah, I got three. Three's really good. <laughs> you know what? I The best comeback hair of all time in sports, I got to take this man. Because sure as heck, a few years ago, he didn't have barely any hair. And his hairline's getting better. Dude. LeBron James, baby. No. On my squad. I thought you were going to go a different route than that. I thought you were going to break out the Brian Urlacher. Oh, did yeah, you see him before the Bears game? Dude, come on, man. Just cause stop. LeBron James. And you know that 
Erlocker is the spokesman for one of those hair club yeah. things. And it works. No, dude, stop. It works. Stop. It looks horrible. It's so nice. Cut it out. Brandon, what you got? I got one that you're not gonna be you're not gonna appreciate. Cause you're gonna be like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay. Um I got two and I'll mention why I'm Okay. I only have one left and I'm out. My team's full. I'm thinking back, if you're looking at the seventies. Yeah. You know, I'm redheaded, right? Yes, you are. The big redhead. Bill Walton with the with the Not with sweat, the sweat band. band. Oh, yeah. With yes. the sweat band was boiling. Yeah. Yes, with the red fro type Good. situation going on. So that's my last pick, I guess. Okay. That's all you got? Well, I mean, I got another I got an honorable mention. Well, here you go. I'm gonna go with a guy, and I'm gonna put him on my list because he's still rocking exactly the same hair Ooh. as he did 30 years ago Ooh. when he was a household name, Dennis Eckersley. Ooh. Oh man, Eck. he's still rocking that. Still great hair, man. I saw him on a. Uh, he did oh, an interview Jimmy for Johnson. a. Um, uh, it's the 30 year anniversary, or last year was, of the Gibson <laughs> home run. Of course, X the one that gave that up. They came, brought him in for that, but exactly the same hair. It's full head of hair, down, you know, about shoulder blade length. It's impressive. For okay, him to be that old and have that. Here's hair. our substitute. So if somebody gets hurt, oh, we can okay. put these people right, laying right, off the right. bench. For the number one sub off my bench, best hair in sports, Hulk Hogan. Oh, I was well. gonna go wrestling. Hulk, man, and I you were gonna do Hogan, dude. You cannot beat the Goldilocks with the bald head. I don't know. The twenty-four inch pythons. He's a real American. Whoa! What you gonna do when Hulkamania comes for you, dog? Brother. So this Brother. is your like this is your backups here? Yeah, Matt, uh, this is gonna replace Martina Hingis. Well, I don't wanna steal hurt. any, but I have a couple. I don't think I can steal anything from you, Chris. Well, since y'all don't think I like baseball, but remember y'all were talking about like I came in third a couple of times in fantasy football? Yep. I'm going to go ahead and roll out Coco Crisp. He was such a good baseball player. And he had that afro when he first rolled out. And judging by the silence, y'all don't care about any of that. Coco my- Crisp, come on, man. I don't remember his afro being anything Specifically, bro, go ahead and check this out right now. All right, all right, that is that is a prodigious afro to be sure. Um, I'm gonna go, and this is this is not an endorsement of this particular hairstyle, however, it is notable, um, and distinct. So, I'm going to go with Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, see. You know what I'm saying? Kind of an easy one, man. That's an easy. That's it was like low hanging out. fruit for sure. That was like one of those where you're like, I don't know, I, am I going to go there? Hey, that's kind of how I felt about it. Should have gone Fox for Sacramento. Uh, De'Aaron nice Fox hair. was. I was going back and forth between who I like better, De'Aaron Fox, or do I like Colin Sexton's better? Sexton's pretty wild. Too. Sexton always looks to me like um, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, I can't help thinking about that. But so does De'Aaron Fox. I just don't know who's quite the best of those three or those two. I guess three because Sonic the Hedgehog, De'Aaron Fox, or Colin Sexton. Which of the three of them has the better hair? That is a that is a Twitter poll all day long. Well, and 
when I went Bill Walton, I was debating on whether or not to go Julius Irving. Well, see, because I was going to take Irving, but I thought after the after the Iverson fro, you know, you couldn't really do it. Yeah, but he almost invented the dunk, right, with the ABA. I don't know. He invented the dunk, but he took it to a whole nother Dude, level for sure. Mark I was going to say though, the one thing that I do think that needs an honorable mention is Michael Jordan, because. He made the bald head sexy and acceptable where grown men were like, yeah, I can do that. I mean, you think about it. There wasn't anybody that was popular that was bald before Jordan was like, you know what? Tired of playing with his hairline. Watch what I do. LeBron. Hey, LeBron's dude, don't like, rip no. on my player. Oh, my God. On my team. I can't I'm believe a, you put LeBron you. on your team. I think we missed out. Marcus Smart last night had the Celtics – Symbol braided into his hair. Dang, that's good. Um, what about Jared Allen? Jared, Jared Allen, Allen did some wild stuff. He had the crazy mullet going at one point, and this and that. He's a he's a weird dude. He did the little his his weird. He had the weirdest celebration in the NFL, right? Like he was like holding a howitzer or something like that. <laughs> And shooting people. <laughs> Patrick, right? Kane, Patrick Kane's known for his playoff uh, mullet, but that's yeah. In but lieu see, of every the hockey player is rocking the mullet, though. No, I mean that's the thing. The hockey players for years that that was the go-to look for those guys because of Yager. You um, should pull up pictures of Yager, dude. His I mullet mean, is unreal. I, I remember. Um, and Martina Hingis is a very pretty girl. I remember when I crushed on her. When I she, had a little something for Hingis. Yeah, too. I'm looking at all these pictures. Who's the Who's hmm. the white guy that played Kyle Beckerman? That's who I'm thinking about. Kyle Beckerman. Beckerman. Yeah, Kyle Beckerman for the U.S. men's team, soccer player. The white guy with as impressive a set of dreads on a white guy as I've ever seen. Even my wife was like, yeah, "That's not bad." Because dreads on white white people are usually trying way too hard. Yeah. But Kyle Beckerman had them. I still has them as best I know. I mean, that's like a process. But Kyle Beckerman actually had them long oh, enough. Oh, I have them right here. That it looked natural. That's that his thing. Um, so Kyle Beckerman's on my list too. I've completely lost track of who we drafted and just oh, don't that's care awesome. Once he, the he's are done. Complete, I mean, it's like enough. hands down my draft. Mark like, Gastineau had more. Had some pretty good. Well, hair. I mean, wow, all Zato the tennis players. Had some good hair. Yeah. We, we like totally him. skipped over all the male tennis players that like had dope hair. Like who? What? What male tennis players? All of them. Dude, none of them had as good a hair as Beckham. All right. That was perfect way to end. Nobody has as good a hair as Beckham. Bryce Harper does. Are out. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. Love you guys. Peace. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.